there is only one true way to be enlightened and entertained with the best sports knowledge. That way is the American way. Welcome to the American Way podcast. Here's your host, Amir. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the American Way. Great to have, great to have you guys with me. Join us. We've got a great show. Got my good friend, good buddy, uh, Jordan from ninety three X and the Link Up Podcast joining us. He gave us some a generous amount of his time. Uh, it's been a while since we came on last last episode. I had my guy Daniel on. We didn't quite know who the new next Gophers coach would be. Only a few days later, we found out. So just uh, in the first segment here, just want to say how Im- I, I, I was initially shocked I was, but impressed I am with the decision to for the, of the Gophers to hire uh, former assistant uh, Ben Johnson as the 18th head coach in, uh, Gophers, in Gophers history. I think it's a great hire for multiple reasons. I think I didn't expect it, but it's outside of the box a little bit, but I think it's definitely time. He's never never been a head coach before, but he's forty years old. He's a former player for the Gophers. He was two. He was a two-time captain of the Gophers back in the day. He's paid his dues. Uh, he's been an assistant under some great head coaches. Uh, he was at Northern Iowa for four years. Then he was under Tim Miles. Uh, then then was under Patino for five years. Most recently with Xavier. I think it's a great move. Simply number one because he's a Gophers alum, so he cares and inher- he he inherently cares about the program and about the success of the Gophers basketball. That's number one. Number two is his experience both with the Gophers and at Xavier is is huge in his ability to scout the local scene. The Twin Cities is buzzing, buzzing with with talent. Both on the men's and women's side, just buzzing. You have nine, nine, nine boys players, high school players right now, who who have who hold Gophers offers. So I feel like having Ben in, it'll it'll help it'll help on the recruiting front. I think already it's helping that you have like six six Twin Cities area players in the transfer portal. Now, so I think it'll help in that sense. I think also his experience, just being on the bench, just watching the, uh, watching uh, games. I think a lot of people question his uh, X's and O's and his inexperience, his 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 uh, inner, his inexperience in game management. I don't think that's a big deal. I really don't. I think he he's gonna have build a great staff. I don't exactly know yet. I I'm assuming he might hire Dave. He might try and bring Dave Thorson or somebody like that, somebody of that ilk. On his staff, but I think his experience, just his overall experience on the sidelines, I I think it's great. I don't I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Him having not having as much experience as head coaches. I mean, you have two other head coaches who are just hired in this cycle, also in the Big Ten, who don't have any prior college coaching head coaching experience. 
You have some great head coaches. Probably the two best head coaches right now today in the Big Ten. Both did not have prior head coaching experience. Uh, in, in Tom Izzo and uh, Juwan Howard. So I think it doesn't. I don't think it really matters that much the prior head coaching experience. I think just Ben Johnson, his knowledge of the Twin Cities community and the area, hopefully recruiting, getting all these great. I think just from the just the, the loud, the voice, boisterous support he's gotten from all these alums and everybody in the Twin Cities basketball community. I think it's he's going to be really successful. I do. I think I don't know exactly yet. I know he has offers currently out to Jameson Battle, formerly of George Washington. He has a offer out to Parker Fox, one of the best Division Two players. And there's some a couple of offers out, so we'll have to see. We'll have to just wait and see who comes and plays. But I know that Ben Johnson's gonna be able to get some talent in here, and I think uh, we'll we'll talk about it f- further along the way. But I really do think. We're, we're, I think we're headed to a new era. I think Ben Johnson's going to bring loads of success to this Gophers program, and I'm proud. All right, let's go. Uh, now we're, we're back. We've got a great guest. Uh, we originally recorded uh, three or four weeks back, but unfortunately my inexperience with Zoom and just it was just a, it was just it was a, it was a cluster cluster mess. Unfortunately, so we finally got him together. We got Jordan Alamet, my main man. Uh, of he, he currently DJing uh, night uh, weeknights ninety three X. Him and his guy Augie doing the link up listen the link up podcast. He's the best. He's a great guy. I love him. And let's let's go to our let's go to our guest Jordan. Amir, how are we doing? We're doing great. Thank you so much Ooh. for joining me today. How how is your Sunday? What's going on? It's pretty relaxed. Pretty relaxed. I woke up with a a scary sight that saw snowflakes falling onto the ground from the sky, and oh, there was no, no it was it wasn't cold <laughs> at all, and we're we're freaking out. It's like what's going on and and after thirty seconds, it just all stopped suddenly. But other than you know, that, you know, going... you know, we got one. Oh, sorry, Mir. You know, we got you know, we got one more blizzard left in us. There's gonna be one more happening in April, and then we're done. You know, there's one more. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, uh, t- twice I had class uh, going to going to class in mid mid April, and a, a snowstorm ha- hit. So uh, I know all about this. Uh, how how is your Sunday going, sir? It just started. We we popped up around ten thirty, took the animals out, fed them, made some coffee, and now here we are. Here we are. Here we are. It's a beautiful day. Are. Beautiful day. Beautiful day. Yes, sir. So just so just to let the listeners know, we tried to hook hook up a few weeks back. Uh, technical difficulties got in the way, unfortunately. As you guys all know, you uh, we've all been there. So thank you so much again for fitting fitting into your your schedule. It's always love, Amir. I always got time for you. Let's go. Let's go. So, uh, it's yes. So uh, yesterday, I mean, I you you you're you're a big fan. You know, I mean, like it, a team that lost twenty one in a row, and just of all the teams, 
they just come into they just come into Target Center and they manage to win by thirty three. Can you? I mean, is that, how nuts is that? It sucks. I here's the thing, Amir. I'm a big, I'm a positive Timberwolves mind. I'm gonna, so everything I say is gonna be is gonna be the most silver lining, optimistic thing. But I can't make sense of it, dude. Because uh, okay, it's Malik's first game back. I get that. Cat's great. And sliding, but and still shows flashes. Um, Ricky's playing better. Jaden's great. Uh, so I, I don't see what the problem is. I like the Coach Finch philosophy. We can see that he's got it and he has a game plan. And the offense looks better, but the shots just don't fall. And I feel like when our shots don't fall, it goes we go south real quick. So that's my most positive spin on it. I think we're just working out some kinks. And I think I think a lot of this like okay here's a question for you Amir do you think am I being way too optimistic or does this roster have talent that just isn't clicking what do you think I think it's both I think I think from what I've heard and what I believe the roster is it's not it's not fully fleshed out it's there's it's it's a puzzle that's missing that has some pieces that are poking into each other if you will but. I think there's talent. I, I, Jaden, I think is Ants and Jaden. They're only going to get better. I, mm-hmm. I, I think. I think so. I think those two guys are awesome. I think. Well, and Cats, Cats. I mean, the, I think. I still. I think. I think you're right. I think Malik yesterday. He's just. He was. Uh, he just. He just. He was just rusty. But I think the other yeah. pieces on the roster they just don't quite fit perfectly. I feel like there's a lot. Yeah. Of, they're talented. They're very talented. It's a, you can see it. But I just feel like there's there's certain uh, it's like they're not maybe Jaden's the only one right now on the roster who can play both sides of the ball. You have like five yeah. or six guys. You have like five or six guys that they're playing offense. They they they're playing great offensively, and they can't guard anybody. Then you have three or four guys that they're great defensively. But they can't. But they can't shoot. Uh, they can't shoot into an ocean. Yeah, and it's it's tough for me as someone that like you know we watch all the games. We get invested in it. You love the personality. I would love it if you know Malik and Ricky and Nas and even Jaden could stick around. But we have to look at ourselves and be like, okay, we can't trade Wancho and Culver for LeBron the way a lot of <laughs> Wolves Twitter wants. We have to give up some pretty awesome pieces. Like, I love watching Nas Reed grow, but the fact is he probably has to go to get a four, and that sucks. So I love Nas, and I think he's a valuable asset. McDaniels might have to go at some point if he's not the four of the future, which I would I would like it if they would just invest in Nas and, you know, sign someone or bring someone in. But uh, Or uh, did I say Nas? I meant Jaden. I would like to invest in Jaden, but I, I just I don't know. I don't know, and it's tough. This, this of all the bad Wolves basketball we've watched, this feels like the toughest season because we actually had pieces in place. This is not the Alexi Shved, Andre Karolinko year. This is Cat and D'Lo and all that. And yes, they haven't played together. So grain of salt, everything we've seen because Cat and D'Lo have played what five games together. We don't even know what it, we don't even know what we have. D'Lo has never played under under Chris Finch. He's never – D'Lo has not had a head coach while he's been in town. So we'll see how things shake, her out, uh, shake out when he's back. But I, I, I go I – go, I go 
hard left and right between, yes, I see it, let's go, this roster's got it, and blow it up and just trade everything. But that's not a healthy place to be. No, it's – like like the weather and just like a lot of other things, it's, it's very schizophrenic. It's like one way and like – it's like you have – there's so many emo, so many scattered emotions. But I agree with you. I think that yep. uh, D-Lo hasn't played under this new coach and the, the, none of the – the whole roster hasn't really played together. So I think, yeah, it's kind of dull drum at times. But I think – I agree with you that I think there is some talent there. I do. Yeah, and I, what do you think about tanking? Do you think we tank for the forty percent chance to keep the pick? I don't think so. I mean, I know. Uh, I see. I don't think they're even trying to tank. I, I feel like they're not even trying to lose. If it makes sense, yeah. like all these games they've lost, it's not like they're trying to lose. Uh, but I think at this point, I, I mean, like you said, it's only a forty percent chance. So I don't. It's like you want to lose all the. I, I feel like it's better for me when the, all the pieces are together to try and win, so then you can mm-hmm. at least build something. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't like the the fan base that's 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 calling for a tank and to get Cade Cunningham. Obviously, I would love that. Okay, I, if we can keep the peak, the, keep the pick, that'd be great. But that said, this team is way better than how they're playing. So if they end up rattling off a couple wins. We should just act as though the pick is gone because it is. We don't know what we're looking at when we're looking at the Wolves because there's been too many rosters and COVID compliancy downfalls where our team just hasn't played together. So this is this can be like our extended training camp for next season because we didn't get a training camp, really. We didn't get a preseason with this team. They didn't gel together. They were thrown right into it, and then we saw how that worked. So I think it's just better for everyone, for morale. I don't think tanking is going to keep Cat here or – uh, have Ant be that's his first taste in Minnesota is tanking to keep a pick. Are you serious? It's a terrible culture thing. So I say let's try and win as many games as we can. If we lose the pick, so be it. That's how trades work. Uh, I don't think the Wiggins and D'Lo trade can be evaluated yet. I think obviously the Warriors have the upper hand since Wiggins is actually playing and has not been hurt and has actually been able to fit into some semblance of a, of a completed roster. But yeah, tanking just bothers me. I think it's really it's boring. It's just a boring tried out take, and it's just so negative, and I can't rise with it. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, like, there's no guarantees that even if you tank, you keep the pick. I think if you want to build a culture for the future with the guys you have, I think it only makes sense to just try your best. But mm-hmm. I, mean, I can understand other teams that want to tank, like depending on the. I guess it depends on the circumstances around you, but I guess for this. For this particular squad, it just would be counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Well said. Yeah. The if the if the pick was guaranteed, I'd be like, oh, okay, maybe, but it's not. So I, I kind of I shun it. Yeah. So moving on here, I mean, I was I saw your interview the other day. I mean, it's been a while, but I see you're getting to <laughs> obviously let the listeners know. I mean, you uh getting getting back on onto that saddle here. Saw your interview with uh. It was Evanescence, a band I love. Just tell, tell, I've always been fascinated. Like I'm, I'm trying to practice my interviewing skills, as you can see here. I'm just with somebody like really big and famous, like these bands. That, like, how do you feel like when you interview them? I'm just always fascinated by this. That's a great question, Amir. Um, so here's, I'll start with the story. I used to be so bad at interviewing artists. They were hit or miss, um, and I got so nervous. Like I thought that I had to 
ask these questions, or I, I thought I had to do um, what everyone else did before me. I'd watch interviews and I would see what they were asking. And I thought that that's just what it was. I thought it was just a promo run. But then I remembered, or then I just kind of realized one day that that's not what people should come to me for. So I would give any advice or I'd give this advice to anyone getting into podcasting or interviews like you or like anyone listening, uh, find why people come to you and then just double down on that. I'm a positive guy. I know music better than the average interviewer. And uh, I like to have fun. And I don't like to get too serious in my interviews. Obviously there's been serious moments because they're organic, but I don't force them. A lot of interviewers try to use like uh when Haley Williams was doing her press run, every interview was about her depression. And it was like a mini therapy session. And I was like, wow, if I was Haley, I would get so exhausted if I was just talking about my depression with these random radio people for 15 minutes at a time. So when she came into my interview, I kept it all positive and all like, yo, this album is like so great thus far. Like, I love the sonic themes. Like, let's talk about um, your favorite gear about it. And she was so electrified. So I just find the lane. I double, I, I do my prep. I listen, I actually listen to the albums before they come out or before I do the interview if they're available. And I take notes on it. I spend about two or three hours prepping for an interview whenever I do one because it's that important. I mean, you're getting a band like Evanescence off the, off the set of a music video right into an interview. You, we owe it to these people we're interviewing to do as much prep as we, as we possibly can to set them up to succeed and be people and to have people gravitate towards their work. So I just say, find find your lane, prep as much as you can. And this is something I still I struggle with in interviews. Just shut up. When someone's talking, just be quiet and let them talk. I think a lot of radio people or interviewers are they're a little um, trigger happy to, to get in on the joke with the artist and to go back and forth and be buddies with the artist. And I do it all the time. I did it in the Evanescence interview. It's my worst plight. But you just got to just shut up sometimes and let them talk. And who knows what will come up. Those, those are my big three. Yeah, I think that's that's great advice. I think that's that's great. That's a great approach to take. I I, I do. I mean, like, because listening to you, like how how you do how you do things, like you're one, you're one of the pros at it. So like, just hey. I, 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 I so I appreciate you taking us behind the curtain with that. Oh, it, it's one of my favorite things to talk about, and I also want to be like an artist advocate. I feel like some the best interviews do not do this, but some interviewers they use especially in the radio world, Amir, they use these artists as a way to boost up their own social media cloud and be like, hey, I interviewed this artist. Look at me, look at me, look at me. And we're lucky in Minnesota to not have media like that. All the music media in Minnesota, at least on the radio side, is very artist-friendly. And I can't say all, but the people that I've worked with, whether it be, you know, Dave Ryan, Peter Parker, uh, the K-Fan the K guys are amazing listeners. Christy Taylor, like we're just trying to absorb the artist and to help help them tell their story. There isn't any, there's no clout chasing there. It, it really is about how can we let the artist shine and use our platform to put people onto this music. It's the bottom line. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I think uh, from my perspective, I agree. I think every, I think it, it, that should be the key. Like if we're trying to promote artists and trying to get people to listen to the music. We should be trying to praise them. You know, I feel like I don't know, not to go on a soapbox, but I feel like in this era, day and age, there's a lot of uh, put downs. A lot of people put trying to put down others, and I feel like if we want people to listen to the artists, and we want we uh, we want to get them out there, we need to show them their love, and we need to 
uh, we we just need uh, if we we just need to grab positive attention towards their their gifts and what they're giving us. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for conflict, and I I used to shy away from conflict in interviews. Like, I won't ask that question because it might make the artist upset. But uh, sometimes you do. You always it's 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 about the artist. Yes, I agree. You said that. I said it. I agree. But it's also about the audience and what they want to know. So I often think about, well, what if I was in the audience, what would I want to hear this artist talk about? And if if it comes up organically, if there's like if there's like kind of a touchy thing that I would like to bring up, I want to make sure I have the rapport to go there. If I'm doing super basic questions and I'm just like, hey, what's the album about? Where did the album titles come from? Hey, this pretty juicy thing happened in your life a couple months ago. Can you tell us about that? I did not do my part to 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 build up any goodwill with the artist to get an authentic answer. But if I come into something and say like, yo, this, this album is great. The lyrics, what do you mean by this line? Tell us a story from the, from the album. And if you listen to the artist, you can find a way to weave in these possibly controversial questions in a positive way. Does that make sense? Like, I, it's not like a shock, yeah. shock journalist, but it's like, yeah, we're just trying to, you have to think about how can I set the artist up to, to succeed and how can I set the audience up to be interested and to provide value to my audience? It's not about the interviewer at all. If you can be quiet, then you're doing a great job. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it just, it just needs to be authentic. I think if if, if, if authenticity is if the authenticity is there, then it'll all it'll all uh, sonically uh, co- coincide between what the Beautiful. audience wants, what the artist wants, what the interviewer interviewer wants. I think uh, you can you can speak more to this because you've done it hundred times more than I have. But I think yeah, I think. It's authenticity is the key. I think you're right. I think I think that's the bow on the conversation is is authenticity. Well said. So moving on here, I mean, uh, and we'll come back to this in a little bit. But I've always been fascinated. I don't know. I've, I feel dumb. I've never asked you this question personally, as long as I've known you. Uh, how how did this uh, the when you had the link up and like this the the idea for it? How did it start? I'm just I'm just curious. Like. Is it something uh-huh. you thought of in the middle of the night? Is it just something over years? Like, what what gave you this idea, this groundbreaking idea? That is a great question to me. The link up uh, originated from when I first got promoted to full time at Go 96.3. Um, and they're like, hey, you got to come up with some segments for the show, something interesting. Here, here's some ideas. And we'll, we'll have a meeting about this next week, but just start thinking about it. So I was in a meeting with uh, the president of the company. Miles, the DJ, who was another great interviewer, by the way. Same thing, always about the artist and it's really uh, forward thinking and, and does his prep. Great interview. So it was the president of the company, Miles, and myself, and we just all of a sudden came to this idea. And it was we were just talking about, oh, you know, connecting songs and what can we what can we call it, blah, blah, blah. And that's when, like, linking up was the big phrase at the time, like in 2016 or 2017. I was like, let's call it the link up. And then that was it. It really was a spur of the moment thing. So it wasn't. So it wasn't like elaborate. It was just like just on the spot. Just like this is what you got. Yeah. That's, that's, it was. That's it was based off a brainstorm. Remarkable. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. I I owe a lot of my life to that little radio game and now the podcast, which is which is kind of you know an adaptation of the game. Uh, it's not a, it's not the most true representation of what it was because it's a little more journalistic and not as interactive as the game. Uh, no, it actually, it's more journalistic and less of a game, but still, 
it's fun. And uh, I'm really happy to do that. I was able to do that for five years on the radio because no one's ever done anything like that before and no one will ever do it ever again because corporate radio wouldn't let a bit like that fly. But since we were independent at Go, we had free reign to do whatever we want. Exactly. We had. Yeah, we don't anymore. <laughs> Rest in peace. But it was a good time. Yeah, I think the best ideas come from people who are given the space and creativity to have those ideas. I think that, like, like we just saw, talked about with authenticity in the interview, I think authenticity is the same and just, uh, just creativity. I think if you're given the space like you were in that, in that sense, then the, gr- the greatest ideas will come out. Yeah, and I I think of uh, I think of things in terms of music and jazz, right? Jazz, you can solo, you can do all these crazy things, but no matter what you do in jazz, no matter how wild it is, it's rooted in music theory, right? There's a scale you can play in, and that's your foundation. So I think protocols and foundations are important because they allow you to solo and they they let you know where you can and can't go. If I'm in the key of C. I'm not going to play an F sharp. It's not in the key, but I will play a G or an A and I can, I can, I can adjust those however I want and to make a beautiful solo or a beautiful melody. So that's my esoteric thought behind um, setting yourself up to be creative. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's a great, it's a great sense to have that you, you need to not, not necessarily be break the rule, but you have to have a foundation for your creative, mm-hmm. creative mindset. But when you take it, when you have a, a foundation, then you can be, then you can go more spo- uh, spontaneous uh, f- from where the, the root of the creative, creative mindset is, like the jazz. Exactly. If you have the first, if, if you if you write down the first key, then you can always go to the next key. But then after that, you might find some organic combustion of these different three or four different chords that might coexist. Mm-hmm. You're right there. You are right there. So, obviously, I mean, like with your with your new gig, like obviously, like how have you been sort of as knowledgeable about heavy metal? Like, it, how how has been the transition of heavy metal? I mean, like me personally, like I I love all music except country. I mean, I mm-hmm. I've been I've known heavy metal since I was little because my dad sort of pushed it on me. He's like. You listen to it, so I got it. I'm just curious, like with you, like, the, have you found a a good transition into being more immersed into the metal industry? Uh, industry. That has been one of my most exciting things, Amir. So 93X is nationally recognized for doing a thing called rock alternative radio. So it takes the best of active or hard rock and pairs it with the best of alternative that fits within the rock space, you know, like your Kings of Leon or your new Foo Fighters, you know, stuff that rocks can, can make it on the station. Um, So it's not all that different than what I've been used to. About half the playlist is the same, but half the playlist is very different. Like you said, there's that metal aspect. There's a, there's some, you know, classic rock like ACDC and, and, and Def Leppard that makes the playlist as well. And it's been a lot of fun to immerse myself in that world and to learn about it. Um, like I was never a big system of a down guy, but when these types, when the conversation to join 93X came about, probably, I don't even remember when that happened. It was such a whirlwind. And it was, you know, you lot with, I'm grieving one station and I just got married. So I, I don't remember the timeline. I think it was January 
I was like, whoa, I could, I could be on 93X. This is a nationally recognized station, always, you know, top five in the ratings. This is crazy. So I started to learn about, you know, dive deeper into system of a down and uh, five finger, uh, five finger death punch. And, uh, and, and it was, it's been really electrifying. I think we're going to talk about music theory. Metal does a lot of really interesting music theory things that I don't think it gets a lot of credit for in the, in the metal community, it gets all the credit, but outside of it, I don't think people realize how technically smart these musicians are. And I don't even know if they're aware they're doing that. I think they're just doing it because it sounds good, but they're doing some pretty complex stuff. And I, I rock with it a lot and I respect it. It's, it's been really fun to, to get into. Yeah, I think it's just a lot of forms of music that are so great. I think what makes metal great for me is like in all, just all all forms of rock for me uh, is just the, the different pattern, different formation, like you said. Like you can have some synth, or you can have some heavy guitar. Or you can have like just like you never know. You never quite know, depending on the band or depending on the song, what sort of sounds new, new a combination of sounds can be fused. That's sort of what attracts me. Like, like, mm-hmm. like even in each genre. Like I don't know about you, but for each genre I listen to, I'm I don't know. I'm, not, I'm never really a slow guy. Like my brain has always been wired for faster stuff but when i listen to slower stuff like if it's something slow like if it's a new if it's a new combination it's slow that's i'm I'm curious like just what do you think think Uh, i i I, yeah i i agree with you i I, i'm more predisposed like fast music whether it's rock or pop music i do like it to be on the more upbeat side but there there's a time and place for a a sad jam that hits you right in the fields you know when you put on a song just to cry a little bit (laughs) if you've had those moments oh Um, yeah oh yeah yeah so there's something to be said about slow music but again i don't really gravitate towards um something like a bony bear that can be pretty sad or melancholy that's not really my vibe not to say i don't see the value in it or do i like i think it's art obviously i think it's art i think it's beautiful magnificent i've seen bony bear in concert numerous times but it's definitely a, a definitely uh uh it's something i have to seek out i'm not always in the mood for i don't lean that way so i agree but i i i um i also dig I can dig some slow stuff, but I prefer the more upbeat or mid-tempo things. Yeah, I mean, too. I think I'm in the same space. I think I don't seek it out, but if I'm in the mood, like, it'll depend. But mm-hmm. whether it's fast or slow for me, like, I I guess I'm. if it's just one instrument, it's harder to listen to. But what really gravitates yeah. me is just, like, when you have, like, three or four different sounds and just how Yeah, maybe that's it. Like how they manage to fuse three or four different instruments or sounds and make it just sound so flawless. That's it. It just attracts me. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I want to amend my answer. I, I I can I can dig I can I can dig some slow stuff if it's fully produced. But I I agree. I have a hard time with stripped down acoustic stuff just because there's just not a lot happening. Like it, it's 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 not my vibe. I like to see a fully I like to see a fully thought out production or a fully arranged band do something. So I agree with you there, Amir. Yeah. So, so where do you, like, obviously the music has changed over the past 20, 10, five years, five, 20 years. Like, where do you see it going? Like, where do you think, where do you think we're, where do you think we're headed? I mean, I think, I think personally, like with this pandemic, I think music production is is probably at its highest 
But I'm curious, mm-hmm. like, it's just, gonna, it's just, I guess for me personally, I'm just curious in the future, like, what more can we, can we gain musically? What, what, what do you, what do you oh, think? Oh, I mean, I mean, we don't know. That's the great thing is that who, who knew back in 2010 that dubstep would be a thing, you know? Who, who thought that emo, hip-hop, alternative would, you know, like, Ian Dior's and all that? Who knew that that would become a sound? Or, like, Juice World, who knew that that would become a sound? So as far as where do I see it going, I have no idea. But I do think in terms of radio, I do think there's a uh, there's there's something happening where pop radio and alternative radio don't have an identity. Um, pop and alternative are all over the place. Um, we're playing hip hop songs, alternative, and I love it. And pop radio only has like Dua Lipa and Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga in terms of like identifiable artists. So I think at some point. We're going to see alternative radio and pop radio merge because these these worlds are getting so jumbled and they go back and forth. Like I tweeted last night, the weekend could be on alternative radio. Like it sounds like the cure. It sounds like churches. So um, if these big acts can go back and forth, then we should just converge all these and see what we got. Because pop and alternative are the two genres that aren't sounds, Amir. They are reactions to the landscape. So the pop side is leaning into it and the alternative side is shunning it away. But when you go back and forth or when you take the popular stuff and push it so far that actually it's alternative, it gets hard to kind of put a, put a, put or put that music in a box. So I think at some point we'll see the convergence of pop and alt radio. And I think it would be great for both formats. Cause if you look nationwide, they're kind of struggling ratings wise. So we'll see. I, that's, I would put money on that though. I think that's the next step. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, like, because I think you're right. I think both of both genres, like, they're push and pull. So it'd be great if we could find, like, yep. a way to, to fuse the two of them. It'd be great. I think, I think yeah, because, like, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, you go ahead. I'm, I'm, I, I jumped on you. Oh, yeah, well, I was saying, like, you know, and people be like, well, what about Green Day? Green Day won't be on alternative radio anymore. It's like, Man, the new Green Day songs are only around for a few months anyways. Put them on rock radio where they probably fit in a little bit better than alternative radio. Um, put the new Foo Fighters on rock radio. Put the new Weezer on rock radio. And let let the bands that have roots in rock be rock music and let the things like Bastille and I'm trying to think of other pop-leaning alternative acts. AJR twenty like AJR is a pop band. I don't know why Alternative played them, but good for them for finding a lane. Twenty four K Golden, uh, he can do his hip hop pop all thing all day. Panic, put them on pop radio. It's fine. We don't need to overthink this. And um, Alternative holds on to the nineties. They they they've been holding on to Nirvana for too long, and it sounds weird. The playlist sounds weird. We all heard it. It'd go from it'd go from smells like teen spirit into happier by bastille just because they're both alternative at some point alt radio has to let go of these artists and let them be on rock radio or let them be on classic rock and that's the end of it and um and i think it'd be it's it's better for rock radio because you get more you get more ownership of these classic artists it's better for alt radio because you can have a more cohesive sound and it's, it's just better for everyone i think yeah i never thought of it that way i think you're 100 percent right because i'm I've noticed over the years, like there's only certain genre, like because the, 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 the each genre is so divided, like in how they play them. So it's like then mm-hmm. there's certain genres you find more of than less of. Like for the longest time, like there was, like, for example, just using for example, there was like no, there seems to be like no hip hop station in the Twin Cities. For example, I think 
there's like a, a, a gap of mm-hmm. five or six years where the but I mean like if they're all if they're all rooted in a certain sounds, like it would make the rock strong. I think you're 100 percent right. It would make the rock stations better, the pop stations better. If like if it even if it's leaning on a if it's like like you said in that alternative space, because I I love alternative more than next guy, but I feel like alternative could be leaning rock or pop or what or whatever mm-hmm. depending on the day or depending on the sounds. So I think you're I think you're you're onto something here that it would benefit those. It would benefit those genres if they let it in. Like it was like okay. Yeah. It's it, it's tough, man. And then there's a lot of money involved. I, I've been interrogating the business model of radio and how much longer can it work like that for something like alternative. I think for rock radio and 93X, we will be fine. There will always be a need oh, yeah. for just a, for an unapologetic pop station. Not a not, yeah, that, that, that. I'm talking like I'm still working for KWB. There will always be a need for an unapologetic rock station. There will always be a need for a sports station. But uh, and there, should, there is a need for a hip-hop station, and, that, and that's a whole different conversation that I don't think we have the time to dig into. But we'll, we'll figure it out. I think as, as the younger generations take power and get positions of leadership, hopefully we can actually do some uh, change that can be good for the industry and good for you know the business of making money through a radio station. Because you can't have one or the other. You need to have both to be around for a while. So I have I have faith in the new generation to to do something dope in media. Oh, I do too. I do too. I mean, I still I I know I'm getting older, but I still consider myself. Uh, <laughs> we can, I don't know. We're both in the millennial range. I don't know if we consider consider ourselves the new generation anymore. But uh, well, yeah, we're the new generation in leadership, right? The oldest millennials are what, like forty, forty five? They're starting to take positions of power. So. I tr- I'm, I'll t- I trust I trust someone from our generation over someone from the previous generation to lead, um, especially in the media space, just because they're more open to change and new ideas. I think uh, I think the 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 burden of wisdom is wasted on some of the older people, and the burden of youth is wasted on um, young hungry people. I think there needs to be more communication between people who are wise and people who are hungry. And I think people who are hungry have to have the confidence to speak up, and the people who are wise have to have the confidence to listen to people that might not be as "quote unquote" qualified as them. But I'm a very linear leader, so perhaps that's, that's my opinion on it. But I hope that people can come together and just have a dissemination of ideas for you know the future of good radio. Otherwise, you know we are going to lose these stations at some point, and it will just be corporate gross radio. Um, based out of you know Dallas or whatever, and no one wants that. No, and I think I think that's pretty deep the way you explained it. That I think each generation has to listen to each other. Like the 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 older folks have to listen to what the younger folks have to say, but the younger folks have to be more uh, like the younger gener- our generation. Some at times like we might think, well, we don't want to step in our step outside our lane. We should just follow mm-hmm. what the leaders are telling us. But I think I think what you said is right. That I think our generation we we need to realize we can be leaders, and like in, in, in an industry like radio, like we can be in media, that we can be leaders. Mm-hmm. We can we can still uh, rely upon those before us, to uh, who who started who opened some doors and did things their way. But we we don't have to we don't have to just uh, follow. We can we can take we because technology has obviously been different between. The, ga- the gaps in ages, so we have we know some yeah. things 
we know some things that they don't, and they know some things we don't. But I feel like exactly. the younger folks, we, we need, we, yeah, I think you're right, that the younger folks, we need to just be, be more confident in ourselves to be leaders and to make uh, our own decisions in how we want these industries to be run. Yeah, I think it also. I think again, it's obviously on us to make our voices heard. And I, don't, I think it's you know, I think it's seventy five percent the old guard, twenty five percent the new guard. I think older people just get out the way sometimes, like shut up and listen to what we have to say. Because um, you know, the success of yesteryear won't always translate to the success of tomorrow, and it's uh, it gets really frustrating to be or to see situations where you know there are younger people, you know, that might be second or third in command that are correct, but they're getting uh, held up by people at the top. It's maddening. I've seen it too many times in media where the good ideas are stifled by um, the bottom line. And, oh, we, that's not how we've done things before. That's such a primitive way of thinking. And I think it's a great way to, you know, to it's to risk adverse yourself out of a business. Is they, oh, we're not going to try that. If you're not trying new things, you're not trying – new ways to to serve your audience or trying new ways to yeah serve your audience and make money and do something dope then i don't think you should have that responsibility <laughs> at the top exactly and if we just always did things the way that they were done before there would be no change there would be no improvements in in each society in our society and in each industry so i think mm-hmm. i think you're 100% i think you're 100% right when it comes to that i think exactly right so what kind of what kind of music? Uh, what kind of what kind of things you've been uh, uh, up to or listen? Uh, what kind of media you've been chilling about with the last week or so? Let's see. Music wise, I've been really going back to like some throwbacks and like some old stuff that I've really been enjoying. Um, been really into surfaces. Been going down and in, like into a surfaces lane. Mac Miller, Churches, um, Biba Doobie is phenomenal. Charlie XCX. Let's see. I do love Dua Lipa, Jaden Smith, um, the Childish Gambino album. That on. Remember that? What was that one called? That was like Untitled. What was that? Yeah, one? the one that. The uh, one that dropped 3, 15, on, Yeah, right before the pandemic or during. The one that 3, dropped 15, on like a random Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I've been digging that one a lot. So just a lot of fun, poppy, all the different types of. Uh, sounds is what I've been digging. How about you, Amir? What's been uh, dominating your playlist? I think it's about the same. I think, like, I listen to a lot of my music, like, when I go uh, to the, when I go to the club and work out, exercise, obviously. But I think, yeah, a mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of, the same, a lot of the same, like, a lot of the poppy, the poppy alternative, that, that sort of combination. Like, yeah, I think uh, a lot, yeah, like, I've been listening to Mac, listening to churches, like you said. Uh, I think, because there's this one Dua Lipa song. I know it's, it was really popular, so I was great to it. But that one, that's one has been in my head. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, I guess, it but also it depends on the mood, if, if you know what I mean. Like, some days I'm into, like, really banger stuff. Like, this morning I was just chilling to Lonely Island, where it's like, but it's like... Oh, yeah. Each, so it's like each day, I guess each day for me... It's, it dictates how, how my mood on a particular day dictates uh, what music I listen to. Or same with same of with course. movies and TV. Same with movies and TV. It's like I feel like how my brain is working, it leads me down to some random rabbit hole. But I don't know which rabbit hole is going to lead me down. You know what I mean? 
that's that's the beautiful thing because music is a capturing oh geez sorry um music is a capturing of a moment of time and when you say like oh my mood of the day or the day dictates what i listen to that's what it exists for it it, hel- it helps you uh sonicify how you're feeling or the vibe you're you're into so that's a beautiful thing that's why um no matter what happens in radio on the programming or business side there will always be some sort of radio station because we all want that we all want to discover some new stuff or uh be ex- or, or or experience some nostalgic takeover by someone else who who might be in your hometown or might be someone from apple music might be like a zane low type doing some show but no matter where they are in the world they know how you're feeling and then that's so much fun to dive into when you're listening to a playlist when each song on the radio is better than the last that's a, that's an awesome thing whether it's actually the radio or because your headphone speakers on shuffle it's awesome and it's uh it's a it's a thing I love talking to you, uh, talking with you about Amir. It's great just to to share the camaraderie of music. It's fun to share our passion about these things, you know. Yeah, it is. And actually, some of something I was thinking about just the other day, uh, well, listening to the to you guys' podcast yesterday, is I I had forgotten. I wrote a paper because uh, the class. I think is, what, what reminded me is the you guys were talking about Billy, and there was a, a class I took rhetorical theory at the U. And some a classmate was uh, a classmate scared me of Billy because she played a a music video that scared me, but it reminded me of the paper, my final paper I wrote for that class, which was on music, the music, and the various moods that music can provide. Like I think I had four people I interviewed, and I I was four four random people, some some relatives was like, listen to this song, and tell me what's like I picked one random, one song that made me feel happy, one that made me feel nostalgic, one that made me feel angry, and and on I think it was like five different emotions, and I had them uh, these four people interviewed tell me how they felt, and it was just so it was so incredible how the different uh, the different reactions they gave. That one one person might think this song made them feel nostalgic, and the other person not felt the, thought that made them sad. Just depending on their life experiences. So just so what, what you're saying now just think, makes me think of that. That's just like the various responses that it can give us. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that Billy album can be a little bit scary. <laughs> that one's a, it's, it's very jarring, and she she does a good job evoking you know some uncomfortable emotions. But that's that's another part of music too is experiencing new things. So. It can be a little bit scary to listen to at times, or a little bit haunting, but that's that's an experience of itself, and that's an, another oddly beautiful thing. I'm not looking to see Billy cry black sludge out of her eyeballs in that one music video, but still, it's awesome, and it's art, and it's something I've never seen before, and it, it's it's exciting to talk about in the weirdest way. It is. It is. Like, you never know what you're going to get. That's, that's the thing with music, and that's the thing with movies, too. It's just in all media that we have, it's just it's, you never know what you're gonna get. It's, mm-hmm. it's art. It's art, and it's beautiful. And we can all have different reactions to it. Yeah, that's and that that's beautiful. It's art, and it's beautiful, and that's it. Boom, love it. It is. Thank you so much, Jordan, for your time. Thank you, more importantly, for your support and your friendship. And thank you, thank you so much again. I can't tell you what I can't tell you how grateful I am that I have interacted with you and. That I got the chance here to get get some of your time. 
You are the man, Amir. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it again in a couple months. You let me know when, and I will be here. Let's go. Let's go. We'll do that. We'll do. We'll do. Thank you so much again. I want to thank thank Jordan again. It was great finally getting him on. We'll have to have him on again soon. He's a real treat. He's he's knowledgeable about so many things. We obviously had to chat about music and the Timberwolves, but just a great guy. So it's it's always great having him. Uh, people like him, knowing about people like him, and having him on. Uh, we got some great list of guests coming up this in this next week. Uh, I'm imagining more shoes will drop on the Vikings or Gophers or you never quite know what'll happen. So we'll just have to see what this next week brings us. Uh thanks guys for listening. Uh Salam alaikum.